Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of E.W. Jackson for America. Good to be with you again. I hope you're having a wonderful day already. I know it's we're off to an early start this morning. I mean, I, I, in other words, it's still early in the day, I should say. And so you haven't had a chance to get much into the day yet, but I hope it's already going well for you. Um, I want to make sure every day that uh, until we get a couple of things all squared away, until they're, they're, they're moving in the right direction. For those of you in the local area, we're hosting our Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast on Monday, January the 16th at 10 a.m. at the Chesapeake Marriott, 725 Woodlake Drive in Chesapeake. The guest speaker, keynote speaker, is the Reverend Iverson Jackson. He is a retired lieutenant colonel and the pastor of Zoe Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. He will be bringing the message that morning. Of course, the co-host is Chesapeake Mayor Rick West. And, of course, yours truly, Chairman of the Breakfast, me. Um, we're honoring people from across the community. I think I explained that to you yesterday. This is a unifying event rather than one of these hand-wringing events about how we're a racist society and everybody hates me and we're victims and all that. It's not a black event. It's a Martin Luther King leadership event that brings the whole community together because that's what I'm committed to doing. That's the, the mission of STAND is to bring Americans together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian values and principles. Now, this is a church-sponsored event. And, of course, our church's mission is to save souls, save families, save the nation. Very simple. Save souls, save families, save the nation. Uh, and we think this is a unifying event. It's been going on. This will be the 23rd year. <clears throat> In two years, we'll celebrate a quarter of a century doing this. Believe me, it will uplift you. It will inspire you. I invite you to come and be a part of it. That's Monday, January the 16th, 10 a.m. at the Chesapeake Marriott. The event is over at noon so people can get back to work. For those who leave work or, or are encouraged by their workplaces, we have many businesses that, that sponsor this. Those who leave work to come get to go back to work and spend the rest of the day uh, doing whatever productive activities they have to do. Much more inspired and strengthened and hopeful about the future of our country and the future of the community. All right. So with that, if you'd like to get a copy of my book, my new book is not yet released publicly, but these are my stash copies that I'll make available to you if you sign up for us as a Patriot partner with a minimum donation of $25 per month. You can do that either automatically online or you can do it by check. Go to standamerica.us. That's standamerica.us. Sign up as a Patriot partner. And uh, you will, for $25 or more a month, you will be given a signed, numbered copy of the book. And the numbers are going. We're, we're getting people signing up, and we'll be, we'll be sending these out shortly. Uh, a signed, personally signed by me, numbered copy of the book. This is coming from my personal stash. Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. Uh, I, I really believe it's... I, my prayer, and would you pray with me, is that this will be a book that will impact the country in a very, very positive way, and once again, help bring us together in acknowledgement of the great blessings that we have as Americans. All right. First issue I'm going to bring up, and I don't know what else I'll get to, but I, I expect I'll get to other, a couple of other things, but the first issue I'm going to bring up is this, what's going on in, in Congress right now, what's going on in the House. Three votes and Kevin McCarthy has not been able to cobble together 
the 218 he needs to become Speaker of the House. In fact, he was 19 votes down for two ballots, and then on third ballot, he was 20 votes down. But somebody switched their vote, um, and he lost a vote. He lost a vote. So he's now 20 votes away from being Speaker. Uh, only five members have said that they will not vote for him under any circumstances. So that means that there are more who, uh, on the third ballot, he still has 20 people in the House not voting for him. He's got a problem because 218 is the magic number. You got to get there. If you can't get there, you can't be Speaker. Now, here's what I want to say to you about this. If you look at the, at the media, you look at even Fox News, uh, I think even Newsmax, you know, Fox News sort of leans conservative. Of course, Newsmax is very conservative. Uh, and certainly, if you look at the mainstream media, there's one mantra you're hearing. These people who aren't voting for Kevin McCarthy are crazy. Gingrich said they're, they've got, they're psychologically imbalanced. They're on an ego trip. They've got a personal vendetta. And on and on and on it goes. I mean, the attacks against these folks have been, have been vicious, vicious. Here's what I want to say to you about this, because I had somebody call me and ask about it. They were so concerned about it. They asked me, what is going on? Is this really good for the country? Be calm, okay? Don't get caught up in hysteria. Because, as usual, predictions that this is virtually the end of the world are almost always exaggerated, okay? We will not know whether this proves to have been one of the most brilliant political moves that any group of people ever made, or whether this proves to be a disaster for the people who did this, and maybe even a detriment to the Republican Party. We won't know until the dust settles on this thing and we see how far this thing goes, what, what, what transpires as a result of this. But stay calm. Don't, don't get caught up in this area. Uh, People like Bob Good and, and Matt Gates and, and Andy Biggs and others are people that I've known and respected. I don't know Matt Gates personally, never met him, but I've certainly met Andy, Andy Biggs, met with him personally, and, and Bob Good is a friend of mine. Trying to turn these people into pariahs who have served this country faithfully and well and all of a sudden now they're crazy, they're off their rockers, they're, they're, they're trying to destroy the country, blah, 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 blah. I would hold off on those kinds of conclusions. These people didn't wake up one day and suddenly become nuts. And remember, Andy Biggs was the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. And he didn't get the Freedom Caucus to, become, to, to vote for him as chairman because they thought he was nuts. Now... Is this going to prove to be a, a, a really good political move that nobody sees yet? I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. My prayer is I hope it will redound to, to their benefit, to the benefit of the Republican Party, and to the country by getting a strong speaker who we can all trust. Because I think that the bottom line here is really not simply ideology. The bottom line is trust. Because... There are conservatives and there are conservatives. There are conservatives, and I think Kevin McCarthy is one of these, who will espouse all the right things, but in the crucible will fold. 
that means, sure, they're in agreement with us. Sure, they're ideologically in sync with the rest of us or with conservatives in general. The question is, what is their threshold for abandoning those principles? That's really the question, isn't it? What's the threshold? You know, if you heard me say repeatedly, I want to know what the basis of someone's conservatism is. I am not a Christian because I'm conservative. I'm conservative because I'm a Christian. My values grow out of my Christian and biblical worldview. Say, what does the Bible have to do with with your entire vision for, for our country and for life? Yes, it does. Yeah, well, what about things like the Constitution, you're a constitutionalist. You believe that we ought to be adhering to the Constitution. Yeah, because the Constitution secures the liberties that the Founding Fathers posited as gifts from God, not gifts from man. And in order to secure those rights and liberties, the Constitution limits the power of government. If, if, we would, if anybody would obey that, I mean, if any of these politicians would come back to that truth, it limits the power of government. It sets up a tripartite system of checks and balances and co-equal branches so that no one branch or person exercises absolute power and authority over the country. There's the competition. But even that competition is limited by the Constitution by limited, by, by limited and enumerated and specific powers that the government is given and it has no others. But we have come to a point where even many Republicans operate as if the government can do whatever it wants to do unless somebody manages to stop it or challenge it. That's not the way we're supposed to operate. So I want to know, why do you believe that? See, I believe that because I really believe that my liberty is a gift from God. And therefore, when these Democrats and these leftists decide that they're going to encroach on our liberty, they're going to interfere with the family by doing things like trying to teach children all these sexually bizarre things. I read an article this morning about some of the books that are in libraries. And in these articles I read this morning, about some of the things that are in, and and we're not talking about one or two books, folks. We're talking about hundreds that have been seeded into our libraries and into children's departments of these libraries, into the children's sections, are the most gross, degenerate, depraved stuff that you ever want to see and that you don't ever want children to see. I can't read this, this stuff to you that they're putting in children's sections. And what are they doing? Dividing those children against their parents. This is the same thing that Georgi Lukacs, the Hungarian communist, did, I think it was back in 1919, um, in Hungary, when he implemented a sex education curriculum and its purpose was to separate the children from their parents. Check it out. That's, that is the inception of, sex, of child sex education. It was designed to separate children from their parents so that children would be beholden to the communist state that would teach them all of these depraved and degenerate ideas that would come against the 
Christian and traditional orthodoxy that their parents believed and were teaching them. They didn't want them to believe in that. They wanted them to accept what the state taught them. And they, frankly, wanted them to be degenerates like communists are. Yeah, I said it. Let me say it again. Communists are degenerates. Why do I say that? Because they, <clears throat> they have no absolute moral framework. For communists, anything goes. There is no morality because there is no God. And morality is what they say it is. If they say it's good, it's good because it's good for the party. It's good for the system. It's good for the communists. If they say it's bad, it's bad because it's bad for the party, bad for the communists, bad for the system. They don't, they don't care anything about Judeo-Christian morals and principles or absolute values. They don't care anything about that. They don't believe that. They're degenerates. They are moral degenerates. They've been given over to a reprobate mind. When you buy into that ideology, you're given over to a reprobate mind. That's where these people in our country are coming from when they're willing to, to ply these children with this depraved and degenerate and disgusting material. Um, again, I, I, can't, I can't read you this stuff because it's horrible. And you all recall that incident where a parent got up in a school board and started reading one of the books in the library for children and the school board members stopped the parent and said, you can't read that here. And the parents said, well, wait a minute, I can't read it here with you adults, but, to, but, but our children can read it in our libraries of our schools? You're embarrassed, but you want our children to read this stuff? See, my opposition to this stuff comes from a deeply rooted biblical worldview. You get people like um, Senator Portman, who, when he found out that his daughter was a homosexual, suddenly changed his views on same-sex marriage because he's not a Christian and he doesn't have a biblical worldview. It was just conservatism that was rooted in tradition. So, flip it on a dime. See, that's not reliable... The, the question is not, is a person conservative? The question is a person reliably conservative in the crucible. Are they reliably conservative when the crisis hits? Are they willing to stand up no matter what? Uh, I think Dick Cheney did the same thing when he found out what his daughters was a lesbian. He, he flipped on same-sex marriage, and so did Liz Cheney. I mean, th these people aren't conservatives. They're convenient conservatives. But when something happens that becomes a political or personal challenge for them, change their views in a heartbeat. Well, you can't do that if your views are rooted and grounded in the word of God. So notions, even leaving aside for the moment, abortion and marriage and, and, and biblical rules regarding sex, human sexuality, uh, gender, how God defines gender, there are only two. Leaving aside all of those, even the issue of how government exercises power is an issue, my view of it, is rooted and grounded in my biblical understanding that God made man and made us free. And the, that our founding fathers gave us the most brilliant system of government ever devised because they gave us a system of government that was intended to protect our liberty by limiting government's power to encroach upon it. 
that's a very different rooting and grounding than, oh, I'm conservative because I don't like government. I'm conservative because, uh, yeah, I, I believe that people are free. Well, why are they free? Oh, I just believe that they're free naturally. Well, then when something comes along that says, well, we got to limit that freedom, like with COVID, for example, you saw people just rushing to, to exercise crushing control over people's personal lives. You can't go out. I remember here in Virginia, where I am, we had the governor establish a curfew from midnight to five. No one may be out. If you're caught out between midnight and five o'clock, you will be arrested. For what? What are you supposed to be? What, what's supposed to be so, so dangerous for a person to be out between midnight and five o'clock? going to find very few people out, so it's not like you're going to be out spreading COVID to all the people that are around you. I mean, it's just, it, it didn't have anything to do with anything except I'm controlling people. I'm reminding them that I'm in charge of their liberty. No, you're not in charge of my liberty. God is. And you don't get to tell me uh, as a government, you don't get to tell me whatever you want and whatever you think is best for me, that you, that you don't have the constitutional authority to do that. You only have the constitutional authority to do the things that the Constitution gives you the authority to do. That's why my liberty is protected. But see, for me, that goes back to the Word of God. It goes back to the Bible. It goes back to my, my view of who, of who human beings are and where we've come from. And so, do I trust Kevin McCarthy? No, I don't trust Kevin McCarthy. If Kevin McCarthy ultimately emerges as speaker, is that going to be the end of the world for me? No. I think Jim Jordan would make a better speaker. I think maybe, maybe Steve Scalise might. So if somehow things unfold and, and, and one of them becomes speaker, to me, it will probably be a benefit to the Republican Party, but more importantly, a benefit for the country, because presumably we will have a more rooted and grounded and determined and committed conservative who is not going to buckle and not going to fold. I heard somebody saying this yesterday. I can't remember who it was um, on some television commentary. You don't need an ideologue as speaker. You need someone who is pliable someone who can bend, someone who is flexible. Is that what you had with Nancy Pelosi? You ever see Nancy Pelosi buy into any conservative ideas or principles? No. In fact, and people say, well, she had to keep the squad, the far left of her party under control. No, what she actually did was to placate them. She pandered to them. She is a left-wing radical who runs a left-wing caucus. And you know what the sad thing is? I think they believe their godless, morally bankrupt ideology more sometimes than so-called conservatives believe in our principles and our ideals because theirs are rooted in following the devil, frankly. I mean, they're not, they don't, they're not Satanists. They don't, they're not... They're not consciously following the devil. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, either those who are with me are, those who are not with me are against me. He said, if you're, and if you're against me, who are you for? You're for the devil. 
Now, I'm speaking from a Christian perspective here. Uh, it's the truth, but I'm not an elected official. I'm not running for office at this moment. I'm just giving you a biblical view of this. This is Jesus said, I mean, either you are a child of God or you are a child of the devil. There's no in-between from a Christian perspective. So I say the Democrat Party has really become the party of the Antichrist. Because everything they believe and everything they support is against God, against his word, against Christianity. They are the anti-Christian or anti-Christ party. Well, you don't need, here again, you don't need someone leading the Republican Party who sees it as their job to figure out how to compromise with these crazies, with these lefties. You need somebody who sees it as his job or her job to defeat them, to expose them, to rout them, to, to help the country see just how detrimental they are. Because that whole freedom of, uh, 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 I mean, Respect for Marriage Act, all the stuff that I just shared, well, I didn't share any of it because I don't want to really read it to you. I can't read it to you. It would be inappropriate. I wouldn't say it. And I, it, but all this stuff, the Democrats support this. Because this, this is under their whole homosexual, transgender, multiple genders, non-gender, binary, non-binary, all this crazy stuff. Uh, you know, we, Nancy Pelosi, we're going to do away with all this, this gender language and we want to have gender neutral language. And yet I heard the person on the podium serving as chairman of the, uh, the, 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 the caucus saying the gentlewoman from such and such a state, the gentleman from such and such a state. I thought we were doing away with gender language, but you see, but this is the craziness of it. This is, they can't even live by their own ridiculous rules because they don't make any sense. But they want to push this stuff on the country. So my point is, let's wait and let's let the dust settle. Let's see where this goes. Let's see what kind of leadership emerges. We've got a lot of things to be concerned about right now. However, we are deluding ourselves to think that a, how many, how many votes do they have now? I think they've got, I think they've got 222, I think. Um, so they've got what a six vote majority, I think, I think it's a six vote majority, but it is delusional to think that the party controlling one chamber of the Congress that doesn't have the presidency, that doesn't have the Senate, is somehow going to get in there and, and, and just fundamentally alter the nature of, of, of American politics today. I mean, it's, frankly, it's preposterous to think that. Yeah, they can go in and they can make some noise in their investigations, if they make referrals to the to the attorney general's office, you think the attorney general is going to accept referrals from the from the Republican caucus and act on that and prosecute Hunter Biden or or um, or for that matter, the Democrats would vote to impeach Joe Biden if they find out that he has been colluding 
truly colluding with his son uh, in a corrupt enterprise to sell influence to foreign governments while he was vice president? You really think any of that's going to happen? No. What we're going to have is an effort to expose some things for the American people in preparation for two years down the road when presumably a president who will bring the country back to its foundational principles, who will try to unify the country around those principles, not around the madness that the Democrats are trying to force on the country. Uh, so that's what it is. So this idea that two or three days, or for that matter, two or three weeks, or God forbid, but two or three months, somehow that alters the very nature of the situation. It, that's only the case that the American people lose patience and decide to turn against these Republicans and turn against the Republican Party because they don't like the chaos. People don't like chaos. They don't like mess. They don't like controversy. But folks, we are in a dire situation in our country, a dire situation. And here again, I don't know what the outcome of all this is going to be. I know one thing, I'm keeping my powder dry. I'm watching, I'm waiting. I'm not condemning the group that is against McCarthy and I'm not condemning the group that is for him. I wanna see how all of this is ultimately going to shake out. I do know one thing, I am tired of business as usual because it's gotten us absolutely nowhere. We have been losing by the numbers, including after having been assured by Kevin McCarthy, none other than Kevin McCarthy, that we were going to see a red wave. I believe the same thing too, but I'm not, I'm not the, the uh, minority leader for the House. There's gonna be a red wave. He's out there campaigning, he's out there spending money. He, he's supposed to have his pulse on things, that there's gonna be a red wave and you barely got a red trickle. So I'm open to, to, to what this may lead to. Um, and I'm just believing God that it's going to lead to something good in the end. And I would encourage conservatives and Christians and Republicans, do not lose heart and do not buy into the hysteria of the crowd. And I don't care whether it's Newt Gingrich or Mark Levine, it's the end of the world and these people are traitors and we need to hang them by their necks. I mean, whatever, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little, but you get my point, you know, they're horrible people and they've got, I mean, it's, been, it's been three votes and it's been one day. I think we can handle this, okay? I think we can handle it. I don't think we need to break into hysterics. And here again, say, well, is it good for the country? How's it bad for the country? It doesn't affect, affect inflation. It doesn't affect the border situation because you don't, you don't really believe, do you, that one chamber of the Congress is going to change the border situation. That's in the hands of the executive and he's not changing. So you don't think it's gonna change the, 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 the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, that abomination. You don't think it's gonna change that, do you? Because no, they don't have the votes to do that, so there's nothing about that that's gonna change. So even if they had Kevin McCarthy as speaker right now, what would be happening? Okay, they would be appointing committees and they'd be starting investigations and they would get some coverage for that. But you know, the mainstream media is not gonna cover it. You know that, right? They're not gonna cover it. They're, 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 they're going to censor a lot of this stuff. They don't think it's important. They don't think the Hunter Biden story is important. They don't think the border story is important. Oh, just a bunch of... So... 
this idea that, oh, they're, they're getting in the way of all of these wonderful things that need to be done. Yeah. Well, if you believe that somehow, and I'm, and I'm not saying that, that we don't have people in Congress who really do have the right motives and the right commitment and are determined to try to do some good things. But if you believe that as one chamber of the House, holding the House with six votes, that they're going to make some sort of fundamental changes in the very nature of this country. If you believe that, I got a bridge I want to sell you. Now, if they can persuade enough Americans or help persuade enough Americans to get to, to awaken, not be woke, but to awaken and realize we're being used and our country is being destroyed right before our very eyes and they will get out and vote and we, we get a new House and a new Senate and, and a new president, we get a conservative team in there, and they can begin to deal with some of these radical leftist excesses, the, the insanity that the Democrat Party has forced on the country, and frankly, that it has come to represent. It's come to represent moral and spiritual and political insanity. It really has. And depravity and, 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 and degeneracy. It's come to, the Democrat Party has come to represent the abyss, the darkness. Now, we get a full team in there. Now, okay, we, we can get something done. And then, then we, that's where we've got to have people with the courage to go after it. And not, well, you know, like I've heard from so many Republican politicians over the years, well, there's nothing we can do about gay marriage now. We, we lost that battle. No, we haven't. What about a constitutional amendment? that defines marriage as a union between one man and one woman. You see what that Obergefell decision has done? It unleashed the hounds of hell on this country. Since 2015, you had more and more of this transgenderism, drag queen garbage, all of this grooming of children going on because 2015 unleashed the hounds of hell, the Obergefell in 2015, the Supreme Court unleashed the hounds of hell on American culture and politics and we're all paying the price. Our children are paying the price all across this country. It's insane. But that's what the Democrat Party's come to represent. And we need leaders who, have to, who, who will take that message to the American people and help them to understand that. All right, that's gonna do it for me, for today. Uh, I'll be back with you again tomorrow though. Uh, don't forget the Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast. Oh, go to thecall.org to buy tickets, thecall.org. <coughs> And if you want to get a copy of my book, a numbered, signed, personally signed copy, and become a Patriot partner for $25 a month or more, oh, by the way, or a one-time gift of $500 uh, with a commitment to stick with us from year to year with that, uh, go sign up, and we'll send you the signed, numbered copy of my book. Go to standamerica.us. That's standamerica.us. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side.